This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. Thanks so much for tuning in. Appreciate it. Live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years. Check them out, lakeland.edu. That's Lakeland University. Uh, okay, so coming up on today's show, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to today's show. First of all, if you know anything about me and have been listening to me since whatever it's been, 2005 here on this radio station, you know I'm a draft dork, right? Love me the NFL draft, love me the NBA draft, and it really here in the last several years really been getting into the uh, amateur draft. And I guess really, I'm trying to think, the first real amateur draft I really got into is probably Prince Fielder's draft, uh, where I was really excited about uh, the Fielder pick. Uh, and then from that point forward, I've kind of become a little bit of a draft pick. Not to the point where, you know, you do the NFL draft and you're reading millions of profiles and everything else, but you just kind of keep looking at the mock drafts. And then when you get to the College World Series, to, to that point, now you can, kind of like you can in bowl season for football, or the NCAA tournament for basketball, you can really kind of hone in on some guys that may be in your area if their teams are in the College World Series. So I want to talk a little uh, little draft, uh, as the draft is continuing today uh, already. Uh, right now, Dan Zielinski, uh, the third, who used to be here at the station back in the day, has a great website, baseballprospectjournal.com, uh, and he's got profiles on over 100 of the top prospects uh, in this year's MLB amateur draft. See what he thinks of the Brewers' job so far. Two picks yesterday. They've already got one pick on the board that I know of uh, today as well. We'll talk to him coming up uh, in about 30, 35 minutes or so. Kevin Holden, CBS 58, crunchy Kevin Holden. Uh, he was at the Brewers yesterday afternoon, then ran down and did the Bucks uh, last night. We'll talk to him about that whole experience coming up here in about 15 minutes uh, or so, the sports director at CBS 58. Real quick, I, I want to kind of expand on something Um that we talked about with Craig Kishan uh, earlier in the Wendy's Big Show. And if you missed that or anything else in the Big Show, obviously download that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You download it, can rewind anything up to about 24 hours out. 
Uh, if that doesn't work, you can always go to BigShowNetwork.com or 1250AMTheFan.com. Listen to the past shows, whether it's Bart Winkler's show or Rami Makhlouf's show or any post-game shows. You know, Tim's uh, post-game show or a uh, post-game show I do after Bucks games. And thanks to Tim Allen for filling in for me for games one and two of the NBA Finals while I was out of town. And I'm here now for the rest of the way. Um, but when Craig and Sean was on earlier, we were talking about the Deer District and you know, how great that really has become and how much credit Peter Fagan and Lazary and Edens and, and those guys really all deserve, Jamie Dynan, all these guys deserve for the, the vision that they had with this arena. And the vision just, just wasn't like American Family Field of, we're going to plop a ballpark down in the outfield of our old ballpark and boom, we're done. That's what it was for the Brewers. This vision here had to do with we're going to revitalize this downtown. We're going to be the reason why this thing kind of turns around a little bit. We're going to bring some energy back to this downtown area. That was the vision. A lot of people weren't on board with this vision. A lot of people said, ah, it's hogwash. That place is a ghost town when there are no Bucks games. There's no way anything will survive down there. Look at all the different places that have opened and closed because they can't survive outside of the, the fall and winter months. It'll never work. Okay, fine. So now you get the arena, which in my opinion is top end, one of the best arenas uh, probably in the league. So you, you fulfill that. You bring in all the, the high-end concerts and everything else like you promised, and you fill dates across the board. Now, I was one when this whole thing started, and they said, see it to the Milwaukee Admirals, or the Milwaukee Admirals said, see it to them, depending on who you listen to. However, that whole thing played out, but you lost all those dates to fill the arena with the Admirals, you got Marquette, but you lost the Admirals. I, I was going, oh boy, that might have been a mistake here. I mean, you got to pay the bill still when the Bucs aren't playing and Marquette's not playing. You're losing a lot of dates that you could have people in that arena. This may be a mistake, but to their credit, you know, prior to the pandemic, they were able to fill that arena with concerts. And I'm assuming the same thing uh, will continue going forward here as we get to having more concerts back in arenas and again going forward. So they were able to fulfill that deal. And having seen a concert there, I saw Eric Church there. That's a great venue for a concert. Absolutely great venue. So you have that. Then you have this plaza area, obviously, in front of Pfizer Forum, and they bring in this, this stage, and the judge, Joe Brown, gets up there, the in-game announcer. When they're on the road, he's outside hyping everybody up uh, on the microphone and the whole deal, and he's like the best at what he does. Uh, so that's amazing. Then you have the jumbo screen TV, which some argue isn't big enough. And then you've brought in a couple of other TVs because you've had so many people down there all crowded in. So that's become a whole big deal. Then you have all the different bars and restaurants down there. that have also uh, kind of helped to succeed uh, through all of this because of this whole district that's been formed. You have two huge plots of land. They're going to have hotels on them and whatever else they decide to put on them. Uh, once all this continues to get developed and just continue to make that even a more of a busier happening place downtown. The Grand Avenue Mall has nothing to do one with the other, but that whole inside of that thing is all being redone uh, with a whole big food hall and everything else. That's going to be a hip place to be, I think, going forward. So lots of credit there. And, and I just go back to the Brewers. Like, do you think they made a mistake? Do we think the Brewers made a mistake? Like, would this have been better? And it wasn't just the Brewers. There was the lawmakers and the public opinion and everything else. Almost didn't get that stadium passed to begin with. 
Uh, but there was originally talk that it was going to be in, in, in conjunction with Potawatomi. There was talk that it was going to be downtown uh, and so forth. But you would have sacrificed tailgating and all that other stuff. I guess I, I am just wondering whether or not, seeing how effective this has been for the Bucks, whether or not that stadium being in a different location may have made it an even better deal for everybody involved had it been you know somewhere closer to the downtown area versus all off up by itself with a parking lot around it. I mean, is tailgating that important to people that they would take tailgating in the middle of nowhere? Uh, in the valley versus what you get with the bucks which 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 do you prefer do you prefer one or the other do you prefer tailgating or do you prefer the atmosphere that you get uh, in that area around Pfizer Forum that that's the question 414-799-1250 414-799-1250 you can also tweet us at 1250 am the fan you prefer one or the other i'll be honest I think I prefer prefer Fiserv Forum and the area around Fiserv Forum. And I've talked about this here in the last month or so uh, about what Wrigley Field did with their whole thing down in Chicago and how they kind of built up that whole area around there, knocked down an old McDonald's, knocked down all this old stuff, and rebuilt the area around there with bars and restaurants and stores and everything else and made an open, like, grassy area for you know, the, the dads or moms and their kids to play catch and so forth before and after games and a two-floor huge uh, pro shop that you can get into, you know, year-round outside off of that same area. That Gallagher, is that the Gallagher Way entrance or whatever it is? I probably got that wrong, but either way. So they really kind of built it up that way. I like tailgating. Don't get me wrong. Do I do it enough to, would I miss it? Probably not. I don't think I would. I do know that a majority of people listening would miss tailgating, would miss that aspect of having the burgers and the the Al Capone sausages and the ribs on a stick from Roberts and all that stuff. Like I get you would miss that, right? The playing the bags game or playing catch. I get you would kind of miss that. But there's just something about the energy when you have that other stuff all around a park uh, or a stadium that is just different. I, I don't know how to describe it other than saying the energy is just different. Um, and so, yeah, I'm curious. That's why I'm asking the question. Just which do you prefer? Do you prefer the 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 the, the scene around Pfizer Forum and how that's set up? Or would you prefer to have that stadium with tailgating set up around it instead of the way it's currently set up now? Let's go to Mike in Port Washington. You're next on Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan. What's up, Mike? Hi, Sparky. Hi. Um, I I would rather have it where it is. If you're talking about um, not Miller Park, American Family Field. Um, I am originally from Wausau, and I since 1965 I've been a Twins fan after the Braves left, and as much as a Brewer fan almost. And I've even I even went to old Metropolitan Stadium back in the early '70s before they built the Humphrey Dome, and that was a lot like County Stadium, a lot of tailgating, easy access. And uh, we went, my son and I went to Target Field a couple of years ago. Of course, you know, right in downtown Minneapolis, and 
parking in a parking ramp for a baseball game just didn't do it with me. I, I'd miss the tailgating. That's a big part of baseball to me. Um, so that's part of it. But the other part is just the convenience for me just to have it, you know, right next to the highway, easy access and um, not having to worry about, you know, city traffic and stuff like that. So for me, it's a, a no-brainer. So for you, you prefer the way it's set up baseball-wise. And for the Bucks, and because it's a winter sport and everything else, you prefer it the way that's set up. So you like both of them the way they are. Yeah, I do. I, I think it fits basketball. I think it fits the Bucks and being in downtown Milwaukee. But baseball, to me anyway, I'm, I'm kind of a, an old-school guy when it comes to baseball. To me, baseball is more than just about the game. It's about, you know, relaxing and enjoying the nice weather sure. and with friends and yep. family. No and, doubt. And, and tailgating just kind of fits that, you yep. know. And I think I, – I'll just add one more thing quickly. I don't believe I'll ever go back to Target Field, not only because I'm now in Port Washington instead of Wausau, but even if I was in Wausau, I wouldn't go back to Target Field because of the inconvenience and it just – just don't like the, the setup. Like See, that, I so. still haven't gotten there. I was uh, to the old uh, Metrodome uh, watching the Twins play. I'd been there a couple of times, but I've not been to the new Target Field yet. I need to get there at some point, though, and then I can relate a little bit more with you with the whole parking garage setup and so forth. But again, it's like that uh, in Detroit, too, for the Tigers, where you have parking garages and all of that uh, stuff or parking on streets uh, to go watch the Tigers play in Detroit. Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely... Uh, part of it and the inconvenience aspect of it. I get that. Uh, in Chicago with Wrigley, you have a bunch of open air parking lots uh, around Wrigley that you can pay uh, you know, $50, $60 to park your car in and then walk a few blocks over to the stadium. You can definitely do that uh, as well. Yes, Dan. Yeah, Target Field is a nightmare. I 100% agree with him. Oh, you've I've been, been there too? I've been to Target okay. Field, yes. It was later on in the fall and the Timberwolves were playing on the same day oh. and they're literally like at the hip next to each other, target field and the target center. I've been to the target center, been and, there for an NBA draft and it was packed. There were so many people. It was impossible to get in. The lines were ridiculously long. It was one of the worst baseball experiences getting into the stadium that I have ever experienced. I wonder what it's like now for this. I mean, you've got 25,000 people out outside of Pfizer forum what is it like parking downtown now, getting in and out of there oh, now? I'm sure it's a disaster. Yeah, I haven't been it down has there to be. For, a, for a game. Like, get, you gotta be if, parking, you, if you show up early, you're probably fine. But you got to be parking a mile, two miles away in order to get near this thing. Yeah, probably. You're probably giving yourself a little bit of a hike and paying a hefty price for it downtown, too. So if you're, if you're, if you're making plans on Wednesday night in downtown, maybe don't do it unless you're going to they the play, Forum. They play at 8 o'clock. So you probably need to be down there by like 4.30. Probably. And just stand there with nothing to do for three and a half hours and wait for the game yeah. to start. And then be down there for another two and a half, three hours. And then if they win, now you got the fireworks and everything else. I mean, last night at 11.15, 11.30, there were still a bunch of people down there. Yeah. 
I know Toby, he was there at the game yeah, last night. Yeah, we had night. him on the post game last night. Yep. He he show he said that he got home by like eleven o'clock, which I was surprised about. But he said That's he because got... everybody was still in the Deer District watching the fireworks. Yeah. So he walked out. They were all still there. They hadn't moved yeah, yet. I know, that's crazy. He he was smart. He's like, I have my opportunity to get out now before everybody right? else does. Because once so. they all let out, it was over. Yeah. And, and again, it's a Sunday night. So how many people were really going to the bars? And now if you were smart, you took today off. And didn't worry about it. Then right. you go to the barge, whatever you got to do, and mm. do that. All right. So, uh, again, asking you, you know, which do you prefer? Do you, do you like the way it's set up where it's all this tailgating for the Brewers and none for the Bucks, but you get everything else that goes along with what the Bucks bring to downtown? I, I kind of lean the Bucks way. If we go back to when the Bucks were talking about building this arena, I was a proponent of putting that arena between American Family Field and Pottawatomie, right? So you have. Those three in a row, and then putting the bars and restaurants in that area, making it like a sports entertainment village, all the way down uh, to Potawatomi, I mean, all the way up to American Family Field. Now, I was then told that financially and so forth, what it would take to dig all that stuff up because of environmental issues and everything else, uh, there was no way that was ever going to happen. So, very well may be that. Uh, but that that would have been a cool deal. But if that would have happened, that would have killed Water Street. That would have killed Old World Third Street. And those businesses all would have been in trouble. So the way they ended up doing it with Fiserv Forum uh, obviously made the most sense. John in Oak Creek, home of the Brewers' third-round pick just recently, uh, Louisville third baseman Alex Benelis, who went to Oak Creek High School, just got drafted by the Brewers. What's up, John? Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Thanks for that information. Yeah, uh, I tell you what, yeah, great win for the Milwaukee Bucks, so... Like to see him do that again on Wednesday night, tie up the series. That'd be great. Uh, but yeah, getting back to your comments, the um, I think we got the best of both worlds there. I mean, I, I went to the Pfizer Forum area last night at the Deer District, and uh, that place is great. The way they got it set up, that place was packed, and everybody um, was in a very great, great mood and very festive. And uh, but I think Miller Park was great too. I think we got the best of both worlds. I think it's better to keep Miller. It was great that we had Miller Park where it's at because, you know, we had the land and the real estate out there, and it keeps that area nice and relevant, and there's plenty of room out there. So I think we got it really good, and, you know, considering we got Miller Park, which is one of the best uh, ballparks in the country, and then, of course, now with the Pfizer Forum, which has been fantastic down there. And then everything they've done in Lambeau, too. I mean, all three pro stadiums are amazing right now, and the way that they've been developed, yeah. Oh, it's been great. Yeah, it's been amazing. We're very blessed here in Wisconsin. Uh, we, we got the best of both of all three worlds, you know, when you think about it. Um, Lambeau Field, same way. They really did a nice job of developing around there. It's a great place to go. And Peter so, Fagan worked with the Packers in the development of what they were going to do around their stadium. He worked with Green Bay, with Mark Murphy and those guys, as far as what their vision was and how what they were doing around uh, Lambeau Field and then try to put their own little spin on what they wanted to do around of Pfizer Forum. So he, he kind of took some of that stuff as well. He They traveled all around the country leading up to building Pfizer Forum and take the best aspects of different cities and different arenas and trying to put it all together uh, as one for Bucks fans and did a great job of doing it. John, thanks for the call. And again, they, they deserve a lot of credit. They, they, they just do. And whether you were for that arena or not, I, I find it hard to believe how you could possibly not like how this has all turned out. I, I just I wouldn't understand how you wouldn't like it.
Because even when there's no games going on, they have uh, the, the the German winter market or whatever it is that goes on uh, in the fall time. They have the, the Halloween stuff. They do an unbelievable job on the plaza area with the haunted houses and everything going on there. You've got that Mecca Sports Bar and Grill that's out of this world. You've got all the bars up and down Old World Third Street like Uncle Bucks and stuff uh, that are filled in, filled up night in and night out. It, it really has turned into be an incredible, incredible thing. No question. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Craig in Mequon. You're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Craig? Hey, Sparky. This is a great subject because um, prior to the Brewers, um, you know, there was talk at one time of building the stadium downtown. Correct. And, and I call people all the time, and I said, if you want to keep that Grand Avenue alive, you stick that stadium downtown, maybe close to the Summerfest uh, ground, so you know, you got a roof on, you can still hit balls over into the lake. Yep. That would have been a beautiful site. There was plenty of parking down there. You could have got rid of the Wii Energy building, but you could have attached it. And families would have came down. They would have went shopping. There would have been yep. bars. There's restaurants. Great, great point. And, and, and the, they missed a great opportunity. I mean, it was that would have survived that Grand Avenue Mall. And now with the, what the Bucks have done, it would have been, you would have had that on the south side and the Bucks on the north right. side. And then you have the walkways like they have in Minneapolis where you can walk from one building to the next. No, Indianapolis, you can get around the whole downtown in Indianapolis when it's snowing out without ever having to go outside. Absolutely. And then you talk 81 home games, 42, what was it, 41 regular yep. season. That's a that's that's 120 dates already that that would have kept that place alive down there. And that's and, without and, concerts or anything else. Absolutely. It would have been great. I just wanted to give you that point. No, you're absolutely right. Thanks for the call. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about putting it downtown. But but again, the thing barely got passed by putting it where they put it. I mean, they're, they're, that You want to talk about a team really, realistically possibly moving. It was that. And I want to say... What was it? Charlotte was the city that everybody was talking about that they could pick up and move to or something like that. Fast forward, they still don't have a team. Um, and I didn't really ever believe that they that, that actually would have happened, but it was it was big time stuff. I mean, those of you that weren't alive or whatever, I mean, Bob Euchre was in Madison, Yount was in Madison, everybody and their mama was out there trying to convince guys uh to vote to get this thing through. I was at uh WLIP radio in Kenosha. In the newsroom, waiting for like this Associated Press wire that would print out news stories as they typed them up, and you wait for it to come over, and then you'd rip it off, and there's your news, and you'd go on the air, whatever else. And I was there till I don't know, I don't know what time it was. What was it? Like one, two o'clock in the morning. By the time that thing finally broke, um, and then was able to get it on the air and do all of that stuff. So, yeah, that was crazy times, and that's why I, I always say to Peter Fagan, like that, that was about as easy as it gets getting Pfizer form passed. I mean, that thing was done so quickly and so easily without any real issue whatsoever. It was amazing how quickly they got that thing passed uh, and were able to you know, get it up and built and get that whole downtown area revitalized. And again, it's not even done yet. I mean, they have two full plots of land still to be developed before it's, it's actually done uh, and going forward. All right, coming up next, Crunchy Kevin Holden from CBS 58, sports director over there, tell us about his experience yesterday, going doing Brewers, then doing Bucks, and uh, really how crazy the city of Milwaukee truly was uh, yesterday. We'll do that next. Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan. Thanks for tuning us in. Don't forget, you always always can tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. Always can dial it up as well, 414-799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. See Sparky Fiber with you, Dan Plucker, executive producer, other side of the glass. And uh, coming up next segment, we'll talk with Dan Zielinski third. and uh, looking forward to uh, talking to our guy uh, who used to be here at the Fan years ago. Runs a great website if you've never checked it out, baseballprospectjournal.com. He's got his... Uh, top uh, 103 top prospects and profiles on all of them. He does interviews with these guys throughout the season, the whole deal. Does a great job. Again, it's baseballprospectjournal.com. He'll join us talk about the Brewers picks, including the latest kid from Oak Creek that they just drafted here in the third round, uh, third baseman from Louisville. Joining us now, he is Kevin Holden on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Hello, Kevin. Sparky, what's going on, man? You guys have produced like uh, like a lot of products. I mean, on top of the talent that stayed at the station You've got Dan. I remember Greg Peterson. He's out in um, in L.A. doing his thing. Like yep. you guys, have, like, you pumped him out, dude. Yeah, Eric Name was an intern here originally. Block uh, was his nick. Not that wasn't Block. He was um, oh, what's the name of that? T- the tall dude, the the Disney movie, uh, and I can't think of it. I can't think of his name. Anyways, Eric Name was here as an intern. I can't think of his nickname now. I'm blanking out. Leroy Gary gave it to him. Um, so he was here, and now he, of course, he's covering the Bucks uh, for the Athletic as well. And yeah, it, it's we've had some success producing guys out. Uh, so yeah, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. Uh, Wait, okay. Shrek? Are you talking about Shrek? No, 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 no. Not Shrek. No, we had a bomb Alex Johnson back in the day. We had Stiffy Jimmy Muhlendike. We had a bunch of great nicknames for different guys. No, man, you know Disney World and Animal Kingdom. Well, what, not Animal, yeah, Animal Kingdom. What? What's the land in Animal Kingdom? What movie is that based on? Uh, with the rides. That's, that's my, oh, and I've ridden the thing too. That's terrible. I can't remember it. You go through and it's like all these different colors and stuff on the water ride. Um, what not movie? Ah, you're killing me, man. I can't think of it. I want to text Eric name and just ask him. All right, never mind. Let's move on. Uh, okay, so you had the cool thing yesterday of doing what you do for a living with CBS 58 of doing Brewers and Bucks. Brewers and Bucks in the same day, a Brewers team, again, not finishing off great against the Reds, but a first-place Brewers team who 
Uh, you know, coming up to the trade deadline may be a bad way from maybe being in a World Series themselves. And then the Bucs and an NBA Files game the same night, all in one day. Do tell about that experience. Okay, yeah, this is this is going into biography uh, one day because uh, we, you have this combination of the two games in the same day, Brewers in the afternoon, Bucks at night. Well, we call the games on Telemundo. Avatar! And- That's what it was. I figured it out. Eric Name's nickname used to be Avatar back in the day. Go ahead. Avatar. Now, I feel terrible for missing that. That's a, that's a layup. Um, yeah, we, so we're doing the uh, we're doing the Brewers game, and, and it's 1-1, and nobody can get anybody out. It's the longest run in 1-1 game I've ever seen. And uh, I start to panic a little bit. I'm like, guys, like, we, you know, our coverage on CBS 58 starts at 5.30 at the Deer District, and it's not like you can just drive up to the front and walk in, you know? Like, you gotta you got to park. you got to, like – go through things or security and all that stuff. So I actually had to leave the game in the middle of the night, like in the, the telemundo broadcast. Oh, my God. Well, all right, that was – Hater just blew the lead. Uh, Jaime Connell will take you the rest of the way oh, home. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. Because, I mean, there was no way. And, and my producer was begging me. He's like, come on, we'll, we'll kill the postgame show. Stay here. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm going to miss 530. So – I run through that crowd at, at Deer District, and I'm pounding on the door to get up. We, we, have, we go up on the second floor. We've got, like, this elevated spot. Sit down. It's 525. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me like, well, first of all, congratulations. Second, what in the world is wrong with you? Five minutes to air? Come on, man. You got oh, yeah. it done, though, didn't you? Oh, you know it. You know it. That's that's the rule, man. Once that camera light's on, once it goes red, you're good to go. But uh, what what an incredible thing, right? I mean, that's 12 or 13 hours that went by like it was four. I mean, two, what a great day. And what a great day for the Bucks for the city. I mean, the celebration was terrific. Yeah, no question. It was. And, you know, you talk about all of those different fans, because I guarantee you there were probably some fans that were at that Brewers game that, like you, ended up going to the Deer District to watch the game or went to Pfizer for, for the Bucks game. Oh, there's no doubt. And, it, and American Family Field was pretty packed. I mean, it was, it was um, you know, not a super light crowd. So, yeah, they had some time to do that. I mean, it's just for, for a sports fan in the city, I know we've had times where one team has been great, but I don't know if we've ever had a time where multiple teams have been this good because the Brewers are, as you say, one trade away from being an NL pennant contender, in my opinion. They're that good. The pitching is that good. The Bucks have made it to the finals. First time in my lifetime. And uh, it's so good that your all-world quarterback has been petulant for four months, and I don't hear a word about it on the newscast. That's pretty good. Hey, uh, you run into Stephen A. Smith at any point in the press room? No. No, I actually I never set foot inside Pfizer Forum because all, um, all of our coverage that we're doing for the shows is across the street on the other side of the Deer District. But I'm not lying to you that every human being that I know on Twitter – Facebook, uh, you know, media friends that were in the building, every one of them that was were within eyesight of Stephen A. Smith took a video of Stephen A. Smith with just complete venom. Yep. Yeah, I and, and again, I, you know, whatever. I to, to me, I I don't really care if he likes this town or not. Like you, you can leave whenever you'd like. I, I nobody made you. Well, his, I guess. They made him come here, per se. So somebody did make him come here on his private jet or whatever. And then he's got security walking around like he's the president or something. Like the whole thing is just, I don't know, man. It, it's so overblown it, with how big 
these TV personalities have become, not only from a financial aspect. The man's making, what, $10 million a year, whatever it is. He's making more than a lot of pro athletes are at this point, Kevin. Yeah, and it's and for what? Like, you, he gets on and, you know, what, what sort of depth is there to it? He's offering up uh, opinions that, that you – you probably don't agree with, and that's part of how he's making that money, right? Is he is he, it, it gets the idea of you know stirring people up and getting them to talk more than anything else. And yeah, I, it's unfortunate. Somebody posted a uh, one of those little like it's not a meme, but it's like just like a, a four pictures and like a, a, a design, and it was old Sports Center. It was you know Dan Patrick Keith Olbermann Sports Center, and it said some of you have never seen the real ESPN and its shows. And I'm like, oh man, yeah, that's the that that's the ESPN. I woke up, and uh, Sports Center would be on repeat in the morning. An hour-long episode would be on repeat. And yep. I watched it enough times I'd memorize the lines. That's yep. the old ESPN. Yep, that is the old ESPN. Those days are long, long, long gone uh, from now. Mm. All right, so I want to get your thoughts here on this Bucks series, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Brewers, too, here. So the Bucks, you know, get this game at home. How confident are you going into game four? I feel a heck of a lot better because that first one is, the, is just – there's a different feel to the first one. And it's, you know, not only was it the first win the Bucks have had in the finals, you know, in, in however many decades, it's also the first game at home. And it was a, a place where in that box score, it looked good, but the box score wasn't like appreciably different than, than the other games. It didn't score 40 more points. I mean, that you know, I could say Drew Holiday was, was definitely more of a factor in this game. I think two things that happened – one, the Suns did not shoot so lights out in someone else's building, but the other was the Bucks had those runs, 10-0 to end the second quarter, 16-0 to end the third quarter. These are the things where a team exerts its will, and that's what they hadn't had yet in this series. They hadn't had a chance to just like, impose their will on the Suns, and they did that. So the fact that that's happened makes me think they can do that again in enough stretches in Game 4 to tie this series. I actually feel pretty confident in, in this team in Game 4. Need to see maybe another touch upward in Chris Middleton's game in Game 4. Otherwise, I feel pretty good. You know, the other thing, too, uh, about the job with that box score, rebounding, they out-rebounding them, free throws that Monty Williams wasn't happy about, free throw differential was a big thing, and then obviously three-point shooting. You can't count on them to be that bad from three-point land. Again, specifically Booker. But if you can control the boards and win the battle at the free throw line, you will give yourself a chance to win game four. That's it. And, and if, you, if you take advantage, take control of the games at the proper time, because the, the point is, that, and it's, it's, a, you know, it's not necessarily a statistical thing, but they didn't allow the Suns to, to get that life. The Suns would get within a few points in the second quarter, Bucks would make the run. Suns would get a few points in the third, Bucks would make the run. They, it just, that's, that's a sign of a team playing with some confidence. And, uh, and so that, that combination of things makes me feel pretty good. I also thought that would happen once, once they got back here. I mean, that was, man, was that tough on the Eastern Conference champions to go Atlanta to Milwaukee to Phoenix and then play the two biggest games of your life. Like, that's tough, man. I'm glad they got some rest. No question. I talk with Kevin Holden, CBS 58 Sports Director. Dan Zielinski uh, coming up in the next segment. Talk a little bit about the, the Brewers draft as they continue to make picks today. Uh, real quick, I want to get your thoughts on this Brewers team. If you had your druthers, what bat would you want the Brewers to get at the deadline right now if you have if you could pick one guy to go give up some prospects for? Oh, man. That's it's a corner infielder, there's no question. First or third, and I, Luis Arias has been solid enough at third that maybe first is the answer to the question. I, I mean, if you're if you 
if we're just going to talk an ideal world and we're giving up the farm, I, you know, I, I know we're trained to hate Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, but those two dudes have done things for a lot of years. And if you're talking about having them for a short span of time for a run, it would work. It just, it's a lot of future to mortgage. Otherwise, you get maybe a CJ Crone out of Colorado. Nah. I know the road numbers are not good, but he's, he, you know, he's done things in different places I'm, in his career. I, 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 so I, listen, I'm with you. I, I want Rizzo or Bryant. Those are the two guys I want. And, I mean, it, it, and you know what? They've been a part of the championship yes. team. That's the other thing. Like, they've won a title for, for a, 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 a team that essentially hadn't won a title. Look, 108 years, you hadn't won a title, okay? So, like, if they can bring that mentality to Milwaukee five years after the fact, why not? Yeah, no question. Who do you got in the home run derby tonight? I'm taking Otani. I'm going okay. Chuck. Otani's going to go first, second, and third. That dude's in a different world. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I, I That dude is – I loved him coming when coming into the majors. I thought he was going to be what he is now. And he's the, all that and more at this point. He's just all of that I, and more. And I got him in fantasy, and I'm very happy about it. Oh, my gosh. Hopefully you can use him, you know, for, for everything. I Well, I can use work. him as a hitter on days he pitches. Uh, but I can use him, you know, when he pitches, I can use him as a starter. And then on days he hits, I can use him as a hitter because it's day-to-day. So it all works out. It, it's unbelievable. Like, uh, how is Shohei Otani not the face of literally every Major League Baseball didn't, thing? Why didn't you, Shohei, didn't, right? you, didn't you hear Stephen A. Smith, your guy from Milwaukee oh. today? Oh, my God. Talking about the translator thing. Like, yeah. are we watching Stephen A. implode before our very eyes? No, he'll get a raise for it because everybody will be talking about it. He'll get a raise. Uh, hey, Kevin, thank you so much. Crunchy Kevin Holden, CBS 58 Sports Director. Always a pleasure. Have a good one, buddy. Sparky, you the man. Thank you. You betcha. There he is, Kevin Holden on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Coming up next, Dan Zelinsky, the third. He runs baseballprospectjournal.com. If you're a Brewers draft dork like myself and you want to hear about what the Brewers did, they did not draft pitching in the first round. But did they draft pitching today? That's the question. We'll find out next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Welcome back in. Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan, live from the Lakeland University studios, a leader in online education for more than 25 years. Lakeland. Dot E-D-U. Joining me now on the Great Midwest Bank hotline is our guy, Dan Zielinski third. And again, you follow him on Twitter at Dan Zielinski 3 the number three, at Dan Zielinski 3 And he runs Baseball Prospect Journal 
Dan, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Hey, Sparky. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. So uh, let's get into the, the nuts and bolts of this thing. First things first, before we get to the Brewers' two picks yesterday, because they've got they've made already four more picks today, but let's talk about the, the two picks yesterday. As this draft was falling uh, and pitching was sliding, especially the college pitching was sliding here uh, towards the Brewers, did you see them going the direction they went with their first pick with uh, Sam Frelick uh, from Boston College? That's a good question because Sal Frelick – He's been a guy who has been connected to the Brewers for a little bit, but once Ty Madden, the right-handed pitcher out of Texas, was kind of falling down the That's draft That's who I board, wanted. I thought they might go that route because he's got ace potential. He could easily be the best pitcher in this year's yep. draft with that fastball-slider combination. He's, he's really a talented arm, and I thought that might be the direction they go, especially with the organizational strength recently being developing pitching. I thought that what route they might go, but they went Sal Freelich, who I think is a really good pick for them. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this dude in general. First of all, he is not a big dude, number one. Uh, secondly, the one thing that they wanted to talk about between him and Tyler Black, who was their other pick uh, at 33 in the draft yesterday, was they're multi-position or multi-team guys. They played hockey, they played football, uh, and that obviously was a big thing for them. Yeah, I really like what they did with their first two picks. I think they got two well-rounded guys who have really good tool sets across the board. Both are middle-of-the-diamond players, which I think is valuable. And the Brewers like guys who have a proven track record hitting talented pitching. And with Sal Freelich, he's a guy who, as you mentioned, only 5'9", 175 pounds, but a left-handed hitter, that table setter at the top of the lineup, someone who gets on base, doesn't strike out a lot. And flies. Speed. Yeah, great speed. And someone who I think really – could be an asset for the Brewers in a couple of years and something they have maybe struggled with at the major league level is someone who just puts the, the bat on the ball and just drives the ball into the gaps and doesn't strike out a ton. And he's a guy who played outfield at Boston College, was an infielder in high school. I know talking to some scouts, they thought he might be better suited moving back onto the dirt at second base. But I know talking with some scouts and someone close to the Brewers, they think he can stick in center field long-term. So it's going to be interesting to see how he does. And Tyler Black's another guy, too. Another guy with high makeup like Sal Freelick and someone who can play second or third base and kind of is that offensive-minded second baseman who just hits and has a lot of success doing it and, again, doesn't strike out a ton. And both lefties uh, to go along with it. And Black, bigger 6'2", great bat speed. Uh, you can attribute with him. And again, if you saw the Milwaukee Panthers play here locally, you probably saw him play uh, when they played Wright State. I, I, I want to go back to, to, to Freelink, though. My, my concern about this pick was, and only is, that the knock on him apparently was he's got maybe not the best of knees. And a guy that relies on speed, that's a little bit of a red flag for me. Yeah, I'm not too concerned. Frankly, I didn't hear that much with scouts as a concern. I think most teams are fine with him and again, thinks he can play center field at the pro level. And I think that's always a concern. Injuries are always a concern. But Sal Freelich is a guy who's produced at Boston College and had a lot of success. And I think he's someone who could move through a system quickly if healthy okay. and if he produces. Let, let's move forward. Talking with Dan Zielinski of BaseballProspectJournal.com because I saw a lot of this from Brewer fans yesterday. Didn't they just draft Garrett Mitchell last year? So compare and contrast him to Garrett Mitchell and how they play in the same outfield together. Sure. I mean, they're slightly different profile in terms of players. Garrett Mitchell, I mean, he could be like a number two hitter, but he's going to definitely hit for a little bit more power than I think Sal Freelich does. 
Both are good defensively. Both have some speed. But I think self Relic's really that prototypical leadoff guy who gets on base, steals 15, 20 bases, hits for average, doesn't strike out. But when it comes to how do they fit into the same outfield, I don't think that's a concern at all. At least it's not for the Brewers because in terms of the draft, you always draft, or typically the best model is at least, drafting the best player available on the on your board. And self Relic was one of those guys. He obviously was for the Brewers. And when it comes to where they're going to play in a couple of years for the Brewers, for the Major League team, they'll sort that issue out. And if anything, if both guys turn out, they'll use one as a trade chip. Let's talk about picks they made today. Uh, first one, which of which was uh, Russell Smith, the ace at TCU, uh, a lefty. All right, we all know everybody likes lefty pitching. He's six foot nine, man. I mean, you start getting to be that tall. I start getting. I get worried about you know repeating mechanics and everything else when you start getting to be that big of a dude. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Like you said, it's just a huge guy, and for his velocity, he's only topping out at 95 miles an hour. So I'm going to be curious to see if the Brewers can maybe clean a little bit up in his delivery, get rid of some of maybe that effort, and just straighten him up a little bit to get hopefully more velocity out of him. But otherwise, he also has an above-average changeup, a developing slider that I think could take another step forward, but someone who maybe profiles more as a back-of-the-rotation starter in in the major league level. So did he go higher than you thought he would? He yeah, went pick 51 he, he overall. Did. He did. I thought he might go more fifth round, fourth round. Holy uh, goodness frankly, gracious! He, he went where he did. I wonder oh. if some of it has to do with them selecting Alex Vanellis, the Oak Creek product. But that was the round Creek. after. Yeah. He went to Louisville, and frankly, I thought he might go in the second round, and he's a guy coming into this year that was a top 15 potential pick in Alex Vanellis. And so I wonder if maybe they are going to have to overpay in terms of slot value for him to get him signed. So they had to take a guy who maybe wasn't necessarily a second-round pick to save a little bit of signing bonus. All right. So, maybe- so Benellis, let's talk about him for a second. He's six foot three, two twenty-five. People saw him play at Oak Creek High School more than likely. If they didn't, he went to Louisville. What does he bring to the table? Yeah, he's an interesting profile because he's a third baseman, maybe a first baseman in pro ball. He played both positions at Louisville, and he's 6'3", 225, a left-handed hitter, mostly a power bat. His biggest issue was, and the reason why he went from being a potential top 15 pick to in the third round is because in the first month of the season, he struggled, only hit 155, had one home run. Great discipline wasn't quite there. He did pick it up towards the end of the season and actually had a really good performance at the MLB draft combine a couple weeks ago. So that definitely helped him, but he's a guy who's mostly an offensive minded player at one of the corners. I think he could handle third base. It's not going to look pretty necessarily, but I think he can get the job done there. If anything, he's got experience playing first base and can handle that. A couple, well. couple of other picks we don't need to get into Logan Henderson, a right-handed pitcher, from McLennan Community College in Texas. Another one, Ethan Murray uh, from Duke, uh, a shortstop, right-handed kid, six foot two, uh, a junior there. So through five rounds on a single high school kid, surprising or not? No, not really, because last year the Brewers had five picks in the five-round draft, and they went all college. And the Brewers have shown in the last few years they prefer guys who are a little bit more polished, have 
maybe not as high of upside, but definitely a higher floor and definitely have a proven track record against high-level competition. So while I did maybe think they would take a prep guy by now, the Brewers' M.O. in the last couple of years has been more on the college guy. Dan, tell me this. Who's, wh- who's your pick? That, that pick in the first round, you're like, that's a great pick for where they got him. Ooh, that's a good question. I, I really do like the Khalil Watson pick for the Marlins at 16. He's a guy who was rumored to potentially be in the mix to go 1-1 to the Pirates and, if anything, go in the top five or six. And he ended up sliding down a little bit in the draft because of signing bonus demands and some other factors as well. But he's a guy who's got great speed, going to stick at shortstop, prep guy, left-handed hitter. He's definitely, I think, going to be a fun guy to watch. And I think overall the Pirates are doing a really good job in this year's draft with some of the guys they've selected, starting with Henry Davis, the catcher out of Louisville, 1-1. Yeah, I was surprised by that, to be honest. I didn't think that would happen. Uh, Gunnar Hoagland was a guy I had my eye on, you know, coming off of a major injury. I thought before the injury he had a potential to be a top-10 pick. He he fell past the Brewers. Do you prefer the Brewers pick over him? Yes, I do. I think Gunnar Hoagland, he was a guy who, like you said, was going to be a top-10 pick until he had underwent Tommy John surgery, but I think it's always valuable to get those up-the-middle position players who are going to move through the farm system quickly. You would have had to wait for Hoagland to recover, and frankly, I think he might have been mostly a number three starter in pro ball. Definitely some room for development, and the Brewers have had success developing pitchers, but I think Freelich overall is a better prospect. I want power hitters, Dan. I really do. I'm, I mean, I'm getting really sad about this, man. These guys, I mean, I love David Stearns, right? I'm a big David Stearns guy, and I like Johnson and uh, everybody in that front office. I like them all. Big fans. But this whole up the middle, just contact hitters, speed guys, we'll play them wherever. And now here we sit. You have no first baseman and no third baseman and nobody coming either at this point. I mean, that legitimately, that's where they are right now. They're going to have to trade for a cornerback. Now, again, that's better than a pitcher, so I'll say that. But but either way, you still don't have anybody coming. Yeah, the biggest problem has been with, well, Corey Ray was an outfielder, but he was supposed to be a five-tool guy who was mm-hmm. supposed to be contributing yep, by now. happened didn't happen, and they couldn't even use him as a trade asset because he was that bad. Kevin Hira, everyone knew defensively he had no position coming out of college, and his calling card was supposed to be his bat, and he struggled to hit. So the Brewers haven't had some luck over the last five or so years, but it seems like they might be turning a corner. Granted, Garrett Mitchell, Bryce Terrain, both still kind of younger guys, newer to the system, but... I think they might have turned the corner with those two guys. I like Bryce Terang a lot, too, and, of course, Garrett Mitchell uh, as well. And, and their international signings, I think, are, are going to turn out, too. But they're, I mean, you're talking about really young guys at this point on those guys. Uh, thanks so much, Dan, for coming on. And I love all of your work. And uh, congratulations on your success. And, and you do get so many of these one-on-one interviews. And you got sources now all over the place. It's beautiful. Baseballprospectjournal.com. Check it out if you want to read up on any of the Brewers picks or any of the other uh, picks of your favorite teams. If you're a Cubs fan, a Cardinals fan, Twins fan, I apologize, but they make draft picks too. And uh, Dan has write-ups and all their guys. Dan, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Talk soon. Take care. There he is. Dan Zielinski, the third. Follow him on Twitter at Dan Zielinski. Three. Check out his website, baseballprospectjournal.com. On the Great Midwest Bank hotline, we're applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Just breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Up next, Rami Makloff uh, is going to stop by and tell us what's coming up on his show just moments from now. You ever try and help a friend? <laughs> 
And that friend just refuses to listen to you. <laughs> you try, this. you try. Not I'm not doing this. it on the air. I'm just saying, you try and you try and you uh-huh. try and you try to help that uh-huh. friend. And that friend just does not want to hear you. I, I, I tried. I tried. Whatever happens, it's on you. I appreciate Young you, Express, though. the company we talk about so appreciate much, you. is continuing to grow. Would you like to be a part of a Christian-based family-run company? A company that's been in business for over 30 years, while they're currently looking to add company straight truck drivers. You've heard me talk about what a great company Young Express is to work for. Now, go and apply online. Now, non-CDL automatic straight trucks, local work, no overnights, right? This is requirements. Minimum one year, continuous straight truck driving experience, familiarity with the DOT regulations, and clean background and driving record. Thanks for having me out. Uh, what you can expect, 40 to 55 yeah. hours per week, Monday through Friday, 99% no-touch freight, all doc-to-doc, no home deliveries, health insurance, 401k with company match, profit sharing, no truck jumping, get a new truck every four years, personal days, and vacation days. Apply for the position right now at youngexpress.com. Again, looking for a company, straight truck drivers right now. That's J-U-N-G express.com. J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express, success drives them. I mean, Makloff is here. Hi. How are you doing, good, Rami? Good I, to see you. You had a great weekend. I, came I see. Back to work. Yeah, and then after about the first half hour with Leroy, I wanted to go back to <laughs> Iowa. Uh, but yeah, I came back. I'm I I am here. Um, what did Leroy I, do? Jesus Christ! To make you to wait, tr- drive you back to Iowa it, of all it, places. His his Bud Love is at a whole different level. He's telling me the difference between L O V E and L U V. And when you L O V E somebody, it's this. And when it's L U V, it's this. I was right. Just, just, I was like. Oh my God! So somebody, is he? Somebody does help he, me. Does he L U V Coach Bud or does he L O V E Coach oh, Bud? Oh yeah, L O V E. L O V E. L O V E. Like he does Ryan Braun. Like he does. Okay. Uh, who is the other fools that he's L O V E? Uh, Michael Red. Sure. Yeah, um, big Michael Red guy. Who else is there? I don't know. There's a bunch. There've of been dudes. a lot throughout the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, Mike okay. McCarthy. No. No. Okay. No, I don't think he L O V E's Mike McCarthy. All right. I don't, I don't think so. Ted Thompson. There's got to be somebody in the Packers that Leroy L-O-V-E'd. <laughs> Sounds dirty, by the way, when I say it. I Gilbert. Gilbert Brown. Oh, there you he go. He L-O-V-E's Gilbert go. Brown. Yeah. yeah. Edgar Bennett. Don't we all, though? That's all those guys, comes yeah. To Gilbert. For sure. Yes. I love Gilbert. It's hard not to yeah. love Gilbert. Gilbert Brown's the best. Love that, dude. All right. So tell me what's coming up on your show today. On the show today. Six. You weren't here last week. I think I think you're a good person to to maybe get the ball rolling on this first topic, because I didn't talk to you about after game one, how you were feeling, after game two, how were you feeling? How 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 defeated were you when it came to these NBA finals when the Bucks were down 0-2 in this series? Not at all. I, you weren't? Okay. I thought they'd all come right. back and in, in, win one or both of these games uh, in Milwaukee. I was was mad at game one, at Bud specifically, and was ready to just lose my mind about having Brooke Lopez out there uh, and any other big trying to sit there and anticipate a pick and roll against Chris Paul when, again, he has a brain and realizes that uh, Brooke Lopez isn't stopping me. I'm not even going to run a pick and roll. I'm just going to attack him. And that was beyond maddening. Uh, and then they finally figured out, maybe we'll play Giannis uh, at the five and go a little bit smaller and give us a better chance. So they finally made that adjustment. Uh, game two, I, I was on with Tim game one and game two and the Pick and Save Basketball Post Game Show. We'll be back on again on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, you will. And I, I was just livid. I was, we, we were staying at uh, a hotel casino in, in Iowa, Iowa Casino Hotel. They have so, hotel casinos in Iowa. With sports books. Really? 
Mm. Did not know that. Did not step into the casino or the sports book the entire time I was there. Well, no, you were. This was a family trip. Oh no, You're she wanted man. to go down in the casino, but we just never got there. We never, we never. I even asked him on the air three best slot machines to play at said casino before I got off the air after Tim game no. two. Tim knows he has his favorite slot machines. Wheel of Fortune is number one on his list, for instance. So he's got his favorite slot machines. So anywho, so I, I was. People thought I was nuts. I think because I was yelling on the phone mm-hmm. uh, on the air. Mm-hmm. I, I was so mad about this whole Drew Holiday Chris Middleton thing. Like it, it was infuriating to me. You you cannot, to me at least, especially with Drew Holiday, everybody talked about Eric Bledsoe not being that guy in the postseason. Well, Drew Holiday, outside of like what, three games of the entire postseason, has been very similar. Not aggressive on offense, Agreed. not hunting his shots. Yeah. He didn't get to hunting his shots until Giannis was hurt, which I told you was going to happen before it happened, that he would be more aggressive. And then you hear post game last night of him talking about how yeah the guys keep telling me to be aggressive and you know like Chris says you got to keep was aggressive you got to you got wasn't hitting his shots you got to keep shooting right he was missing shots all over the rim yeah. bunny shots and that's what was so infuriating was they just were having all kinds of problems in that game and coming back here it's just like well at home they seemingly play a lot better so hopefully they play a lot better again and then you watch that game the physicality of the way they play defense, was how they played in the last half of the Nets series. That's how it should have been in Game 1. Why? Why, 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 why can't this team play like that to start a damn series? The refs refs weren't helping in terms of playing physical defense in Game 1 of this series. Well, talk about the refs involved. Last night, you had Foster, who Chris Paul in his career has been horrible with his teams in games in which he's been the referee. So when that referee assignment came out, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, Bucks fans were rejoicing. Oh, thank God, it's going to be 2-1 after tonight. Phoenix Suns fans, livid, didn't want to see him in this series. So it's the NBA, and referees have says that For sure. Now, they again, have an impact on the game. No question. And different refs call games different ways. Not as bad as the entire umpiring crew in this last series at home against the Reds oh. for the Brewers. Possibly Don't one of the worst. Okay, the that too. was beyond awful. But th- this here, some of it is based on who the referees are and what they're going to call and how they're going to call it in a series. And they let the Bucks play really physical, and it benefited the Milwaukee Bucks coming into the series. If you would have said, you know, who's the most important guy to, to take out, I probably would have said Chris Paul. Like, don't let him beat you. Now I realize I was wrong. It's DeAndre Ayton. If he's in foul trouble, they're screwed. That was proven last Especially night. Especially with Sharich out. So, so, right. But he's, no not back- a, he's not a great no, defender they, they anyhow. have no backup he's center. Not a shot, Sparky, so he's not a shot blocker anyhow. When you take when you take Aiton out of the paint, they just have right. zero well, size. I mean, you, then it's you, Kaminsky. Watching that game, and Kaminsky is soft. Soft. Very soft. You're watching yes. that game yesterday, and, and you just look at the bodies around the rim. I, I think it was John Hollinger this morning in his piece at The Athletic was just showing stills of when the Bucks were grabbing these offensive rebounds yep. one after another last night. And you just look at, at the bodies that are down in the paint, and the Bucks are massive compared, compared to, to the Suns, especially when you take DeAndre out and Aiton out of the game. Yep. It is a a a like remarkable size difference between these two teams. But part of the thing is for Phoenix is they've got a they've got a group rebound. You can't have Chris Paul not having a single rebound in the whole freaking game. Like, they've got to crash the boards and ask their guards to board. When DiVincenzo was here, he get five, six boards a night crashing the boards for you at the guard position. It's got to be a team effort for the Suns going forward if Aiden gets in foul trouble again. Now, 
after Monty Williams' comments last night, talking about, well, one guy gets you know more free throws than our entire team, talking about Giannis, how will the referees call this next game? Dude, you can't. We shall see. Actually, I can't. I shouldn't say you can't, because I, I, I know what he's doing. I respect what it's, he's doing. It's what Bud did after game one. But it, it, This it, is what you're supposed to do. It, it doesn't hold a lot of water when your game plan is put Giannis on the foul line, you and, then, hacking, you, and yes. then you complain afterwards yep. that Giannis is getting to the foul Agreed. line. You know what totally I mean? Totally agree. You're, do, you're doing it on but purpose. He, but he hit the shots. Right. If exactly. he didn't hit the shots, he wouldn't have brought exactly. it up. He wasn't, he wasn't complaining when Giannis was going to the line and not hitting exactly. shots the first two games. Yep. You can't make that your strategy and do that intentionally and then and then try and call the refs out for it. Totally agree. It, it, it makes no sense. If I'm a ref, I'm rolling my eyes at that hard. And, and, and you know what? I really don't appreciate it because you're making me look bad. I know what yep. you're doing. You know what you're doing. We all see what's going on here, and you're going to call me out? You tried to put that dude on the line. He just made you pay for it. Exactly. Yeah, no question. No question so whatsoever. I, I, I hope that backfires on Monty Williams. I know what he's doing. I've been calling for Coach Bud to do it throughout the playoffs in, in terms of trying to work these refs in front of microphones during, in press conferences after or in between games. Right. Great coaches have done it as long as I've been watching basketball, Sparky, but I hope that one backfires on Monty Williams because it's so clear, so transparent what he's trying to do there that they're putting him on the line intentionally and now you're calling me on the carpet for doing what you wanted me to You You asked for this, dude. This is exactly what you asked for, and you're making me look bad? Correct. Now, I'm calling more fouls on you. Right. <laughs> like, I'm going to call because more literally, fouls on you. I mean, you. Giannis could have fouls called on him probably every time exactly. down for as much as he yeah. gets beat on. Exactly. No, it's, no question. It's ridiculous. So uh, we're going to open the – I, I want to start the show with just asking how much better Bucks fans are feeling about the series after last night. Because I was at an open mic Friday and a couple of – Couple of comics, Sparky. You know, they go up to the stage and they try to get the crowd going. They're like, "Hey, how about them Bucks, huh? You guys got Bucks fevers? Finals going on?" And the room was just like nobody was. I felt like the city was defeated and resigned to defeat in this series. And I really wasn't sure why. So I just want to see if folks are feeling better. Bobby Portis, his post game press conference last night was awesome, and I want anybody who didn't hear it to hear it coming up at three forty five. My guy John McLaughlin. Always brings a smile to my face. He'll be here to talk some bucks at 4 o'clock. Also, we'll hear from Giannis and uh, Keith Smith from uh, Spotrack and uh, covering the NBA. He'll be joining us coming up at 5.30. Jam-packed show. Uh, I'll let you go because we're already 10 minutes into your show. Uh, But earlier on uh, in the big show, Craig Kishan was on. Oh, nice. And I I brought up to Kishan about... You know how great this Deer District is in the arena and how it's revitalized downtown. And then you look at the Brewers Park and it's just surrounded by cement. And that's all it is. It and has its charm. They, they could have had it downtown and they did not. And there was talk of other places that they could have done something with and they didn't. And it's out there. And the debate is, well, people want their tailgating. So the, you give up what you're talking about to get the tailgating. You know, Wrigley in Chicago doesn't have tailgating, but it's got everything else around it now. Pfizer Forum doesn't have tailgating, but it's got everything else around it now. Do you think the Brewers made a mistake by not having that stadium downtown, close to Summerfest, close to Grand Avenue Mall, and nah, in that area? I, I, we don't always have to compare and say better or worse. It's it's just it's it's different, man. It's a guy a, called up it's and a different said, experience. A guy called up and and Plucker agreed with him and said Target Field in Minneapolis is horrible trying to get in and out of from a parking perspective. Mm. And it's just a complete a real, mess. I went to a lot of I went to a lot of Twins games. Didn't have a real problem at all. Oh, Plucker, Plucker. 
Packers, and it was a nightmare. Really? There was a uh, was there a Timberwolves game or something going on at Target Center, that and can, th- that can gum things up. If there's if there's a Timberwolves if there's a Timberwolves game going on at the same time, same night, right? Because they're that, like right by each other. Yeah, they're like right next to each other. Right. Um, that that can gum things up a little bit. But other than that, no, it's not it's not a big deal. And also the public transportation. In Minneapolis, I mean, if you're coming in from out of town, you're probably not using the public transportation. You're probably just driving your car, parking, and then going yeah. back to the hotel. No, but their trolley is really it pulls like right up to all the stadiums that they got up there. So that that's not that's not not much like of- not like the trolley in Milwaukee that doesn't come close to the arena. No, it's like this thing was, uh, you know, meant to be part of the city. It wasn't just crowbarred in. What in the world? <laughs> Rami show so. coming up next. Enjoy it, John McLaughlin. What time is McLaughlin on? Johnny Mac, four o'clock. Can't wait. Turn my. I'll turn my radio on in about fifty minutes. Then, very good. What Enjoy, Johnny. Me? What? What about me? I'll be here in just a minute. Talk oh, you're going to continue after I get off the air? Yeah, I do the Rami show weekdays. I thought this was it. Right all right, all right. I'll, I'll listen to you. See, you. see if you're any better in the sense before I left. Here we go. And listen to what I said in the break, please. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.